son of God, son of man, his life poured out for all. See his hands, see his scars, his love can be denied. Our God is high and lifted up. It is the cross. Church, let's stand up, lift our voices, sing about God's grace.
and batteries are enough, right? Yeah, man. Right. Your batteries are all sufficient, God. That's right. Streams of abundance flow. That's the 
be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Striving cease, my comforter, my own. 
Father, we come to you today as we are nearing the uh, holiday season, and this is the week that we're going to give thanks. So God, just during this time right now, we just want to stop and give you thanks and, um, and just for everything that you've done and everything that you do for us. Um, but besides that, um, God, we just pray that your spirit will move through here and minister to us so we can be stronger in our faith, so that we can uh, not let this just be another finish to the year and another start to a new one, but it can be a new life in you. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. 
I'm going to have everybody sit down where you are. We're going to um, ha- have uh, communion now. So today, uh, am I on here? Yeah. So today, uh, I really want you to go ahead and take a look, maybe pay a little bit of uh, closer attention than maybe before into communion, because today we're going to um, launch a series uh, called Around the Table, and um, some of it has some, uh, some thoughts with this as well, um, and you know, usually this is the time that we do our, our um, excuse me, our um, offering. So uh, this is what we're going to do, we're going to have our, our, um, our communion and then we're going to, um, to give to God. We're going to uh, celebrate communion. I'm going to talk about that. And then you also can bring your offering with that as well at the same time. Um, but one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, we're going to talk today, but um, meals are good. Anybody like meals? Okay, there we go. All right. So, so uh, you can tell by my body, I love them. Um, but anyway, um, Jesus, after a meal, it was a Seder meal, a very special meal for the Jewish people, came to the part where he took bread and he gave thanks to God and he broke it. And as he broke it, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat from this, all of you. This is my body, which is broken for you. Supper went over, some, went on some more. And as the supper continued, he took a cup in the Seder meal. There's plenty of cups. And he took a cup and he began to go ahead. He once again gave thanks to God. He said, blessed are you, Lord God, creator, ruler, sovereign of the universe that gives us uh, fruit of the vine that we may have drink. And began to pass that around to his disciples. He said, take and drink from this, all of you. And he said, wait a second, this is my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I think it's uh, really cool that in, um, in this time of the year, we have this uh, season which we call Thanksgiving, right? That we, and, and it's interesting that this meal in traditional Christianity is called the Great Thanksgiving. That it's a symbol of what we're going to have when we get to heaven. And so they didn't understand fully what Jesus was doing at that moment. But we can look back. And he wants us to remember what he does and what he did for us on a cross. He also wants us to recognize what, we, what he's doing for us each and every day. And how he lives and, uh, and is alive in our lives. And so you say, okay, uh, some of us may have come from the time. Some of you may be from a tradition where they handed out little croutons. And a little shot glass, right? You remember those? those, And you put them in the railing. How many remember those days? Some of you may come from a place where somebody chucked a very hard wafer in your mouth, right? And it was kind of, tastes like an envelope, right? You guys remember those? And you're like, man, the body of Christ is a little stale today, right? And so it's interesting that we do things to make this easy for us. And a lot of times we do the same thing in our Christian faith. We do things that make our faith easy for us, but... When, if we're really remembering this, this was the hardest thing that Jesus had to do for you and me. That he gave his life up for us. And so we're to remember and not make those things easy for us. We're to remember that in this act, this is Christ's ultimate love for each of us. And he did it around the table at a meal. And so what do you have to do to take communion? Well, a lot of us are like our own little rules, but according to scripture and the tradition that I grew up from is pretty much this. You have to ask if you love God. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said um, that through communion it could be a converting sacrament. You may have never asked that question. How much do I love Jesus? And then you're, you're in that process, and you, through that question, can come to know Christ. 
So you need to go ahead and say, all right, God, you know, this is how much I love you and I want to partake of this. And you might ask yourself, uh, are there, do you have any sins in your life? Do you have anything that you missed the mark of what God intended? All right. I think we, uh, just to let you know, I can't say I think we all do. I know we all do. I know some of you really do. Um, and I know me, I do, right, a lot. And so basically we just missed the mark of what God intended. And through what Christ did on the cross, that puts us back on the mark. And then let me ask this question. It is the holiday season. You've got family coming over. Are there a couple people that are coming to that table that you're not sure you really want at your table? Some people that just because you're related to, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, i got to deal with them. Or maybe there's people at work, or maybe there's people at school, or maybe there's people in your house. Maybe there's people in life that you just don't mesh with very well, and you have this tumultuous time there. Well, if you want to, you know, I think... I think uh, we need to move to a time where we, we don't want turmoil. Some of us just like upheavals in our life. Anybody know people like that? But I've, I, as I read, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when I've had conflicts with people in my life, sometimes I've done everything I can. I just need to say, okay, Jesus, you take it. All right, you take it. And so if, you wanna ha- if you've met those three things, communion is for you. Uh, and so these normal elements remind us of the presence of Christ, that somehow the presence of Christ meets us in this meal. And so, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ set apart and redeemed by his precious blood. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up first here and the servers over here as well. And Debbie, could you come up? Yeah. Lord, I praise you for you. Lord, I praise you for you. Lord, I praise you for you. Oh, Lord, I praise you for you. Amen. Yes, Lord, you are. Lord, your praise cannot be mine. Lord, your praise cannot be mine. Lord, your praise cannot be mine. Our Lord's body broken and given for you. Body of Christ came up for you. Body of Christ came up for you. Body of Christ came up. Body of Christ came up for you. The body of Christ came up. So what we're going to have is we're going to have three different stations set up. And, um, and this one um, will be here. There will be a group here. And you can come down this way. This is also where we have gluten-free, recognizing that that is a need in, in our world. So we're going to ask the people from the back here when, it's, when they're, everybody's set up to come down from the back this way. Um, we're going to have one in the middle so people from the back this way can come this way and return on the side. And on that side, people can come down the back and go over that way. If you can't get there, if you need somebody to come to you, just raise your hand. We'll go ahead and we'll meet that need. But ultimately, what I want you to, I don't want you to use this as a time to go ahead and say, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? I want you to really stop and focus that if you were there 
on that night around the table, and Jesus began to say, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, where he began to share, this is the most difficult thing that, I'm ever, that anybody's ever going to do for you. But it's going to bring you freedom, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay you the price for what you've done and what you're going to do. Why, what would you feel? What would you go through? Imagine you're sitting around that table with Jesus. And just come and focus on him. His presence is here. And ask him to just connect to you in that time. The table of the Lord is open. We're going to come up from the back, this side will come down this way, the middle will go this way, and that side will go around there. So why don't you come? Oh, gluten-free is on this side. to the heavens Your faithfulness stretches to the sky Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains Yeah Your justice flows like the ocean tide and I will lift my voice to worship you my King and I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings your Reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Yeah, yeah. Your justice flows. And I will lift my voice to worship you, my King. And I will find my strength in the shadow of your ways. And I will.
your faithfulness stretches to the sky. And after you're done, uh, communion, if you want to just stand and worship the Lord, feel free to do so. received uh, communion today, let us recognize that uh, one of the things we said is that we may be for the world the body and the blood of Christ. I've never in my life ever, and some of you have heard me say this again, ever ran out of communion elements in this celebration. And so that tells me there's others in the body that aren't here. And there's other people that in the world need to know the love of Jesus Christ. So Lord, right now, as we continue on in our, in our service and praise to you, as we focus on this song, Just As I Am, without one plea, we don't have anything that we can say to come into your presence, but you are the Lamb of God. And as we just celebrated that and reminded that, God, as we continue the rest of our message and our service today, may we focus on that it is because of you, it's nothing that we've done, that we have freedom in you, in Christ. And in your name we pray. Amen.
All right, at this time, we're going to allow our children to go to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry. Feel free to go. All right, you guys are much too quiet, much, much too quiet. See, something's wrong with you, okay? Uh, so here we go. I'm going to say, you're gonna, we're going to try it. Here we go, ready? Good morning. morning. Much better. Say hello to uh, online, church online. All right. Say hello to the person next to you since that was lame what you just did. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad that you're here. God, even more than I am, God is even more glad that you are here. We are um, here. Can you believe Thanksgiving is here? Can anybody believe that? Um, Thanksgiving is here and present. Um, so speaking of Thanksgiving, right? Donna, how are we with our, we, how do we do? I guess we did so well, she's gone. Um, so, but um, we had a good day. Thank you for everyone who contributed to the turkeys and the drive and all that stuff. Um, she'll pop back in and we'll get an update, all right? Um, oh, got more prayer requests. Here we go. Thank you, Dan. All right, so a couple different things in here that you have. Um, let's take a look here. Haven 101, if you're interested, we're going to meet after church today. Um, you can see the information about men's group. Paris Foundation is doing real well. Next time, um, set for today. Next time is December 16th, um, so be sure to sign up for that. Uh, Footprints team, you can see angel gowns. They have sewers. They need gowns. So if you have any uh, gowns that can be, excuse me, used for that, please plan on doing so. There are also, I know there's a lot of Joe, Joe Corby's Pizza things going around now. We're also doing one, an ongoing one for our um, Haiti mission. Uh, stockings for soldiers. You have this information that is in here. Um, the stockings are out there if you want to grab those. And you can go ahead and fill them up with all these kind of things. These are going to go to our soldiers. And they are to be returned December 2nd. December 2nd, which will be here before we know it, December 2nd. Um, you can see youth group is meeting after church. Um, Hope for Haiti. There is uh, some things that the ladies from Haiti, uh, the Gracier community, have made before we left there. Debbie met with them, many of them, and sat, and they brought. It's amazing the trust and the love that they have. They brought the things that they've made, which is pretty much every ounce of things that they have, and we felt like we could bring them here and then go ahead and sell them. They're great gifts if you want to use them for Christmas or whatever else. Some really creative things, and it's out here. Um, and if you need more information about that, you can contact Debbie, um, Dee Virgilio, or also um, you can just put something in info at Haven CC, and she'll make sure she gets it. But we're selling that, and 100% of the proceeds go back to the ladies and the community uh, who made it in the community aggressive. You can help them survive um, and help them make a living for their families if you would like to give to that. Um, Grief Share continues to meet. I know that they are um, really enjoying the time together that they're spending in Grief Share that we have. Um, you see this? In, you may have this insert. Everybody have this little blue insert in there? If you want to, just take some time and fill that out. It's real quick, um, and, and it's about our um, all-in uh, study that we just completed. 
And um, just asking if you participate in a small group, um, yes or no. Uh, if why, if if not, why or why not? Other than busyness. Um, and what uh, day of the week time frame works for you in your schedule. Just take that and drop that in a plate if you want to fill it out right now. Um, of course, the plate's not going around. So you have to drop. We'll put baskets at the door if you'll drop that in on your way out uh, today. So somebody will put baskets at the door so you can go ahead and drop those in. Um, and we, we just want to know, um, just want to, want to serve God uh, better than we can. Prayer uh, concerns we have today or prayer uh, requests. June, continue prayer for Ed Dempsey, our friend. Um, Debbie's uh, father is facing possible surgery on Wednesday for a brain tumor. Reagan Sarah Mullen prays for Dennis Christie. Um, is here today. Dennis? Where are you? There he is. Yeah, you, he's been fighting the battle, but the battle is the Lord's, right? Amen. So I know, I know it's his face, so we're glad to have you here with us today, uh, Dennis, and God bless. That's something to be very thankful for. Um, Robin Hildebrand asked for prayers for Lucy Hardy. On the death of her husband, and for Gloria Hildebrand, COP, and not feeling well. Emily asked for prayers for the family of Bonnie Snyder, who passed away this week. Okay, and we also have uh, to thank God for the great weather and opening hearts of those who uh, from this from Donna. She that I do have an information here um, who donated. Uh, thank you to church family that gave up their Saturday and volunteered at Walmart and packing. Um, we made up it says 134 full meals. And enough for um, 43 additional meals. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So thank God for that. All right. All right. Um, let's go to Lord in prayer if we can right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. Thank you for communion. Seems like a lot of stuff's going on during this time together, but that's okay, God. We're on your time, and we're seeking you, and we're giving thanks. Uh, and so, um, Lord, for all these prayer concerns, we ask you to, to bring healing to those who have uh, illnesses. We ask for you to bring... Uh, uh, emotional healing and support to those who've lost people. We thank you for the goodness that people, I pray, God, that people won't see that, that it's Haven Community Church that brought um, the meals, but that they'll see that this is from Jesus. And so, God, may we always be your hands and your feet. And during the season of thanks and the season of holidays where it seems like everybody is more giving in certain ways and in other ways we're more selfish than ever before, God, just help us as Christian people, as, as your children, to really give uh, testimony to who you are. We give you praise for this. As the remainder of the service, God, just speak to us. In your name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Good morning. Let's rejoice in the Lord, for this is his day, and give thanksgiving. I'm reading from Matthew Chapter 26, 20 through 29, verses 20 through 29. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, 
Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Right, everyone. Here we are. We're at a new series and um, got a new intro there. We're going to be doing this for a couple of couple of weeks together as we um, sit here, and we're going to talk about around the table. Now, I ask during communion, how many of you like to eat? What are some of your favorite foods? So who says spaghetti? Spaghetti. What else? What? Huh? All food. Okay. Specifically, all, besides all food. Watermelon. Okay. Good. You're healthy. What? Ice cream, yes. Chocolate or vanilla? Mixture of everything, right? Okay, there we go. Anybody else? What? Crab Imperial. There we go. Pizza. There you go, girl. All right, pizza. Any, what? Cow. That's what I thought he said, cow. All right, st- start, your, start from the front and work your way back, I guess so. All right, so uh, we we all like foods, don't we? We all like to eat, and um, and you know one of the interesting things is we are the holidays are upon us, and I ask a question. We I was just talking, and I had several people this week say Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. People says just Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So knowing me as I am, I said why, and people said man, turkey stuffing. Uh, you know, mashed potatoes, gravy, can you go wrong with that? And I was like, no, you cannot, all that good stuff. I remember Thanksgiving as a kid. I remember um, whether we would go to my aunt's or my grandmother's house or whether they would come uh, our way. Uh, you would wake up in the morning, and my mom would have the parade on, uh, usually the Macy's Day Parade. I'm not a big person for parades, so I just waited till that was done. But there was that smell of the turkey and the stuffing that was there. I always hated when we had to go to my aunt's because she didn't wake up with that smell. Um, But, you know, and we'd have to journey two hours to get to that smell. Or my grandmother would come in and she'd make those homemade yeast rolls. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and and occasionally if you were really lucky, my my dad's mom would make these eclairs. Um, And my grandmother, my mom's, uh, my mom's mother, she would make, I mean, homemade stuffing which was fantastic, and if, you were, it was a good week, if it was a good year, you'd get homemade sweet potato pie. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, good stuff, right? And, and occasionally she'd throw in some dumplings, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about them slippery kind, you know what I mean? That was the kind I grew up. So anyway, it was, it was great. And then my cousins and I, we would go out and we'd play football um, throughout the day and had a great time uh, doing that. And so today I thought what a perfect time to start our new series called Around the Table. And in this series, we are going to reclaim and get back around the table. Um, something, there's something special about when we sit around the table. And today, I want you to think of it in a food deal. I want you to think of today as the appetizer for the rest of the series. I'm going to give you some, um, some blooming onions or something here. That's what you're going to have for the rest of the, I could say it with that bad accent, a blooming onion, you know, okay. But, um, and so what we want to do, we want to look at this for this uh, several course meal in this series that we're going to talk about. So, we're going to look at meals and spending time with each other. I want you to think, many of our old ho- older homes were designed in a special way. They all had living rooms, family rooms, and they had kitchens, and they also had a dining room. And if you're like me, you remember when you were using the dining room, and when the china and the silver came out, it meant it was something special for the, that something, somebody special, you were trying to impress somebody, weren't you? Um, or, whether, or it was a holiday where you were sitting there, and my parents would put the big leaf in the table, you remember those, to expand the table, so you would go ahead and sit down, and then um, you would get, uh, you could have a cloth tablecloth, you know, and it was like, we're really eating like this, and, the, and the, the glasses with the stems, it might be soda, but you still have the glasses with the stems, and all these things, and then you may have that, that uh, hutch or whatever it was that, uh, that had all the food spread out on it, and it's great, or if, when all the family came together, that's where the adults and, uh, sat, and the kids' table was in the other room. How many of you sat on the kids, at the kids' table? Heck of a lot more fun at the kids' table, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, but there's, there's something about that. But our homes were designed with kitchens and dining rooms. And then, as television got more advanced, the TV began to replace the kitchen in its purpose. That uh, countertops began to replace the, the, uh, the area in the kitchen for a a, a table. And so people used to have a countertop where you might line up across and you could look in and see the TV or, or whatever. You're looking, all looking in the same direction, not at each other. The table now has become a time in the kitchen for crafts and arts and homework. And um, often you don't eat there because there's no room on the table because of everything else that's laid there. But it's something special about the table. The table is a place where people get to know each other. The table meets that, the table is designed to hit that intimate space, that interpersonal intimate space so that you can look and you can talk to people. It's actually a place where enemies can become friends. Some of you who are basketball fans might remember the names of Irvin Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, who from the, the, the days when one played at Indiana State and one was at Michigan State, that they were bitter, bitter rivals. And that continued when Larry Bird played for the Celtics and um, Magic Johnson played for the Lakers. And they literally had a hatred for each other for all these years. Well, one day they were filming a commercial, and it was at their houses. 
and they were at one of their houses, and they were filming it, and it came time for the lunch break. And when the lunch break came, they were, couldn't wait to not be with each other and go somewhere else. And at that, they started to leave, and Larry Bird's mother said, wait, 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 everybody. And they had their families, everybody. He said, hey, I made dinner for, I made lunch for everyone. Everybody sit down, and go, come on, come on, sit down. And you never say no to mom and cooking, right? And so they all sat down around the table, and Larry Bird is quoted that says, this is the day and the point where, um, where Magic Johnson became Irving Johnson and became my friend, all because of a meal. And I want to share something with you. The Bible is a big meal. This is a large meal right here. And you got, uh, you got to, we talked to feast on the word of God, but it is a big meal. How do you know that, Jack? Well, from the very beginning, from the very beginning of time, almost right, almost right after creation, they began to eat, not at Olive Garden, but Eden's Garden. And there was probably breadsticks, um, all right? And look at what it says here in Genesis, in Genesis chapter um, 2, right here. And the Lord commanded man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But, everybody say but. But you must not eat from the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you can surely die. And if we know the story, as many of us do, as we know the story, we have been making bad food choices ever since that day, haven't we? So, um, and actually next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about food for the Jewish people and the feasts that they had. And um, we're going to talk about how it's actually a narrative of the story of God in the midst of that. And, um, and so we started with this meal, and Jesus was doing a lot of ministry at meals. Wherever you look, Jesus is doing something, something at meals. You say, Jack, well, you said this is a meal. That's the first part. Let me show you the last part here, Revelation. Let's look at this. So we have the first that says you can eat from all this. Then it says, and then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. How many are excited? How many have ever been to a wedding when they have really good food? How many are glad at that? You, you got to eat. How many, you know, people are excited when the food comes around at weddings, aren't we? We all like, oh, can you pass those rolls? And we're just chucking down our face and those kind of things. And so we're excited. Just think about the, the marriage supper of the church and Jesus. We're going to have a big party, all right? And it never runs out. And you don't have to bring a gift. The only gift you bring is you. Um, and, and if Jesus considers that a gift, hey, that's an easy one, right? So here you are, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Robert Karras, a theologian, said, if you look at the scripture, Jesus is coming or going or sitting at a meal. 70% of Jesus' parables have to do with, with eating or meals. In Revelation 19.9, right here, where the angel said, go ahead. After all this is over, after all this is done, we get to have a buffet and a smorgasbord in heaven. God has a joy in us eating. Aren't you thankful? You see, um, one theologian said the world is more delicious than it needs to be. And it really is. I mean, think about it. God made bacon. You can put bacon. People put chocolate-covered bacon. I'm never thinking of that. And I am somebody who likes to eat everything. And there's bacon. Have you had those maple bacon donuts? Whoever decided to put them things together needs to be in stained glass somewhere. They are delicious. Or hell because I gained weight looking at them, right? You see, God designed us to eat somewhere three to seven times a day, depending on your portions. And there's something powerful about the table. 
in Revelation chapter 3. This is one that many of us may know from years because we quoted about salvation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Does that sound familiar to anybody? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, and we talk about opening the door of our hearts, he's going to come in. George, look what he says. He said, I will come in and I will do what? Dine. That means Jesus ain't going to be saving my soul. He's like, time to eat, Jack. And I love it. I think it's awesome. He's going to come in and dine with him and he with me. It's a powerful statement when we look at this. You know, I, I, I read this week about a story of a snake that they were feeding at a zoo, and they fed him a whole chicken. And some people saw it, and they were like, oh, my gosh. And he said, um, now, just to let he said, tell us, you're giving him a whole chicken? Is that every day? He said, no, he'll eat that, and that'll be the only thing he eats for a month. So that tells you it's a creature of Satan, that it only gets to eat once a month, right? Um, so, but, I mean, once a month, how would you like it if you could only eat once a month? That's horrible. You guys are going to light up some food after this service, I can tell you. So once a month. But no, God has given us the blessing of doing that. The average American, let's talk about where we are now. The average American now eats about five meals in their car a week because we're too busy. One in five meals are family dinners where everybody is there. We need to change that. Why do we need to change that? Well, if we look at some of the, there's been several studies that, that show that if you have three evening meals a week with your family, <coughs> children are 40% less to be obese, they excel in school, they're less likely to be truant or in trouble with the law. Um, Vanderbilt University <coughs> found out that they were looking at children who excelled in reading. And they began to look and say, okay, well, maybe it's because that they're read bedtime stories, etc. And they found out that that actually had no correlation. What had a correlation, and again, correlation does not imply causation, but what they did see is that um, of the kids that read very well and had high reading levels and excelled there, they had family dinners three times a week where they could have dialogue and discussion around the table. Somebody who I had the joy of meeting one time, who's who's an incredible, he's a great pastor, and he's a really great author. His name is Leonard Sweet. I don't know if anybody's heard of Leonard Sweet. And Leonard Sweet um, saw this dilemma and began to go ahead and write a book, and he called it From the Tablet to the Table. And one of the things that he looked at, he said the Amish retain 95% of their children in the Amish lifestyle. Now, many of us say, wait a second here, if I'm a... um, if I get a chance to do that rumspringa thing and see what the, how the other half lives, I'm gone, right? But in this age of technology and everything else, why are the numbers so high of 95%? And what they found that the key was to this, as they asked several people, that twice a day the family stops and the family has a meal together. Twice a day they sit down and the dad leads the family and he leads them in a blessing and he leads them in stories and he talks to his children and he affirms his children and they have a physical contact, and they even sing songs together. No matter wherever they go in the world, no matter where you go in the world, technology cannot replace that connection that the family has. What about the Jewish people? The Jewish people, there are about 14 million Jewish people on the planet. That's less than 0.2% of the entire world. And yet, the the Jewish population have over 50% of the Nobel Prizes in the planet, They're innovators, entrepreneurs, and you say, well, maybe it's because they're just uh, God's chosen people, and maybe they're a peaceful person. Nope, that's not it. They've studied this, 
and done several studies, and they said that what it comes down to is, you guessed it, family dinner. In the family household, the father takes the lead and does the, uh, or the person who uh, fills that void, um, or, or the, uh, the parent, and they bring everyone together, and they tell them about the stories of the Bible, if they're orthodox. And they begin to go ahead and share about uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they tell them about their history, and they pass this around. Judaism is an oral tradition. And so they pass this time and time again, so that when these children are, are grown to the age of 18, they don't have to go figure out who they are. They know who they are, and they know whose they are by that time. Some of you may have been with me long enough to remember the Alpha Course. The Alpha Course, the Alpha Program. And just asking, how many of you have ever participated in an Alpha Program? I was just thinking about this, and I was like, wow. So the Alpha Program, um, this is a, a, basically, it was a program started in England, and it was to take people who knew nothing about the Christian faith and to take them from there into understanding about the Holy Spirit in several weeks. It's a fantastic program. But one of the most powerful tools of the Alpha Program is this. You show up, you get fed, you get to eat. How many would love Bible studies that people feed you? Right? Of course, it was, it was great. And not only was it just meant to get people in the door, it was meant so that people could sit down and get to know one another by eating together and sitting down there. It starts with a meal. It starts with a meal. So how do we turn the table? How do we turn the table back to where it's supposed to be? So today I'm going to give you some practical things, and I'm going to give you some homework. Everybody say homework. Good, because that's what you're going to do. All right? So uh, I, want you to, I want you to embrace something. It's not going to be hard. But it's going to be hard, okay? Um, and you're like, what is he talking about? And um, so here we go. So there's a couple things that I'm going to ask for us to do throughout this series. Number one is if you're involved with social media, whether Facebook, <coughs> Instagram, um, Twitter, or one of those other things, all right, what I want you to do is to begin to use a hashtag. For those of you who are older than and my age and older, that's a number sign, okay? Um, a number sign in that, and this is your hashtag, around the table. Just like that. Everybody say around the table. Everybody say hashtag around the table. All right, so if you are going ahead and you are talking about church, put hashtag around the table. Some of the church online are getting a good start on it right now. If you are um, this week taking a picture of your family, what I want you to do, if you go ahead and you are sitting around the family table and everybody's there, take a picture, do a selfie, grab one of them selfie sticks, okay, if you got one of them, or if you're cheap. Duct tape it to a broom and go ahead and hold it up and then go and say and put out there, take the picture, hashtag around the table. Okay? So hold on to that. See, right here. Let's see it again. I got it up here so that you don't get mixed up. Yeah, that's all you're putting on there. So whatever you put up there, go ahead and do it. Number one, I wanted to draw people to attention about what is this. People will ask, what is that about? If you're somewhere and um, you're somewhere that there's a bulletin board or something, put a hashtag around the table. See what people say. What the heck? What's around the table? I want you to mess with people. Everybody say mess with people. That's a biblical thing, messing with people. All right. So then we go, and there's another thing that I want you to do. I want you for the remainder of this series to pray. Everybody say pray. Pray at every meal. That means if you're having a bowl of Fruit Loops, kneel, okay, or bow, all right? Pray at every meal. Okay, I want you to pray at every meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the remainder of the series. I didn't share with you this, but the numbers of honest Christians who don't pray at meals is astronomical. And this is a time where we are giving thanks. Now, I'm also not asking you to go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, I am now going to pray. You know, like that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Why do I want you to pray? Because at the table, God shows up. At the table, God shows up. 
Now, you're not going to do this thing. Let me tie my shoe. Oh, Lord, thank you for this food. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm back up. No narcoleptic acting. Okay, I'm awake. None of that. I want you to pray and say a grace before the meal. Um, I also want you, if you're in a public place and you have a server, I want you to say this. Hey, we're about ready to pray for the meal. Is there anything I can pray for you for? It's something really simple that you can do, and you will find people go, why, why yes. I mean, you, your food may get cold by the time they give you the list, but that's okay. Sometimes people say, no, no, thank you, I'm good. They say, okay, thank you. Well, we're just going to pray that you're going to have a great day and everything's going to be fine. Simple, right? Something simple. You're not beating them over the head with a 20-pound Bible. You're not, like, dangling them over the fire of the hell. You're just asking somebody if you can pray for it, and you will find out most of the time people are not going to say no because most of the people recognize they need prayer. I remember after a chrysalis weekend, um, we went to this restaurant, and, um, and there was a whole bunch of us that went to the restaurant. And so most of the restaurant was people from the Emmaus community or, or chrysalis. So what I'm saying is there's a bunch of Christian people in there, all right? And we knew it. And if anybody's been on a youth kind of retreat kind of weekend, kids are rowdy, and they make you rowdier, right? And so as we're sitting there, Everybody's eating. We're at different tables all over the restaurant. And all of them, one sudden, somebody yells, blessing, and yells it. And most of the restaurant stands up. And you can see the people who weren't with us. They're like, you know, eating real fast. Like, what the heck's going on? And then they started. And in Chrysalis, they have this little thing. And they went, and it's a song. For your gracious blessings, for your wondrous word, for your loving kindness, we give thanks, O Lord. And then somebody prays. They say the prayer, and everybody says, amen, and you sit down and eat. People were like, oh, my gosh, where are we? They think I thought it was like a flash mob or something, I think. But we said prayer. I'm not saying you have to do that. All I'm saying is you just have to just pray before God. And so you're going to do those two. You're going to ha- use the hashtag. Hashtag what? Around the table. You're going to do what? Pray when? Every meal. All right. And then um, you're also going to do this. Eat at least three meals together each week around the table with your family. Now, some of you say, well, I have empty nests. Hey, Thanksgiving, if they're coming, there's one. Start it with an easy week, right? Okay. So, but I want you to really carve out that time. And you may say, and I'm not saying lunch counter does not count. Okay, lunch counter does not count. Uh, drive through does not count in the same car. Um, that doesn't count as all. Well. I want you to take three meals. I want you to make it, make it a, a, a precedent. I want you to really make this important. Um, we can't be too busy. We can't be too busy. Uh, and I'll tell you, there, it's, a, it's about priority is what it's about. It really is. And I'm equally as guilty. Um, several years ago, there was a, um, a Viking football player. His name was Hussein Abdullah. And his, he's, he was a Muslim, and during Ramadan, where you're supposed to fast, um, 30-day fast, was coincided with the NFL football season. And he made uh, the news because he said, I'm going to fast. And here's what he said. I'm putting nothing before God and nothing before my religion. This is something I choose to do, not something I have to do. So I'm always going to fast. He basically said, if you're going to find me or you're going to fire me, go ahead and do it. I'm not putting anything in front of God. So if Mr. Abdullah can do that for his faith, why can't we? Three meals a day. Make a priority. Make a priority to do that. Here's some rules to that as well. Some rules here are this. No phones, no TV, no computers, 
No distractions. Yep. She said, what? There you go. All right. Um, so I thought it was my kids for a second. But anyway, put it away. Put it away. Just put it, have a place where you all put it there. If the phone rings, let it go. Guess what? It's going to be there after you get done. Am I right? So make a priority for discussions. And here's another rule. If it possible, everybody say if possible. Make it at home. Make it at home. Lunch counter doesn't count. drive through doesn't count. Lunchables, you know, those little things, they definitely don't count. Those things are horrible. All right? Some of you are laughing because that's your meal, Lunchables, okay? You say, you say, Jack, why is this so important to you? Well, I'm telling you, it's so important to me because I, I'm convicted of it, and I also believe that it's really important to God. You say, how do you know God told Moses? God told Moses his table was important? Yep, he did. You don't believe me? Because God instilled and may have created the table that we have um, and loves the table. Now, the Egyptians raised stuff off the ground, but God added something else to it. He raised it higher. Um, God instilled the power of the table. He gave Moses a, for the tabernacle, he gave him specific, um, specific measurements for a table. And um, in doing so, it was called the table of the showbread. And here we are in Exodus chapter 25, verse 23. It says, make a table of acacia wood, two cubits. Anybody know how long that is? Okay, a cubit's about, so it's about three feet um, by uh, a cubic wide, uh, one and a half, and about a cubit and a half high. All right, so that's about the size of your table you'd slide underneath, right? You might just sit down a little bit, little bit thinner in the width-wise, but it's something you could sit down in and watch. And you know what he put on there? He put bread, and they had to put freshly bread um, in different uh, two stacks of six, which were for the 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, God wanted to make sure that there was fresh food on the table for him and his, his children to go ahead and fellowship together. Why is this important to God? Because when we sit around the table, it emphasizes God's provision for his people. God put that bread there to remind them. Remember when you suckers were in the desert? Remember what I did? I brought bread from heaven for you. And if you're worried about that, guess what? I'm going to provide for you. And so when we sit down at the table, we need to recognize that, yeah, we work, we do that stuff, but it's by God's provision that we have what we have there. Um, It also displays the intimate fellowship between God and his people. So he's not only provides, but it's an intimate fellowship between God and his people. Jesus displayed this. In what was read for us today, when he, the last night, he could have done anything. Like, if anybody ever made a bucket list? Like, if they say, what do you want to do? And some people say, I'm going to jump out of a plane. I'm like, not me. Um, some people say, I'm going to eat everything I want to. How many have ever said, if I, if I found out I'm terminal, I'm going to eat everything that I, they say is bad for me, right? I'm going to eat everything in the world. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to do that. The, Jesus, the, the night before he was taken, gathered those closest around himself and said, I want to spend some time with you. I want to spend some time with you here. And so when the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the, at the table. Where was he at? At the table with the 12. And when Jesus, so we see right here in this last meal, we know the rest of the story that they, went, they sang a hymn and then they went out and then he was taken and then later was uh, nailed up on a cross. He spent that time teaching them what was going to happen. Guess what? One of you is going to betray me. He started to instruct them. You see, the table is a place of instruction. He began to talk to them. He began to say, the scripture says, and then he showed them the full extent of his love. Isn't that what it says? Through the act that we celebrated communion. Jesus continually 
recognized that intimacy and said, hey, you're going to have some problem, but I'm not leaving you alone. My father sent it somebody else. He showed the intimacy and love and the care that he had all around a dinner meal where they were together and speaking. Jesus loved meals. Look at what he did. You remember when this little guy, his name was Zacchaeus? He goes down in history as a wee little man. All right? So little wee Zacchaeus shimmied up a tree, and I've seen him. Sycamore trees have a base. Him and his little legs just shimmering up this little tree and holding on for his dear life. He got up there because the Lord, he wanted to. There we go. Some of you went to Sunday school. All right. So he looks and he sees Jesus. Jesus is crowded by people. He looks up. (coughs) He sees Zacchaeus. He said, yo, come on down. He could have easily said Zacchaeus had that discussion there, but he said, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to your house, and we're going to sit down at a meal. And it was at that place where he sat down at Zacchaeus' house where people said, look, he eats with tax collectors and sinners. How many times was Jesus accused of eating with the wrong people? All the time. He eats with tax collectors and sinners. And he says, that man's ripped everybody off. And Zacchaeus, at that moment, in the meal, not in the tree, but in the meal, says, Hey, if I've wronged anybody, I will give back everything I have plus. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house around a meal. Around a meal. Around a meal. Because intimacy, provision, and discipleship happened around the meal. And Zacchaeus chose to have something different and new by meeting Jesus here in this place. What about in Deuteronomy? This isn't just New Testament stuff. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We've heard this verse before. It's one of our favorites. Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. These commands I give to you today, they are to be on your hearts. We like that one. But look what else we're supposed to do with it. Ready? Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and get up. Where, where are you sitting at at home? around the table, right? You're supposed to talk about the goodness of God around the table and constantly share the goodness of God. He's saying it's, what he's basically saying is it's our job to make sure that discipleship happens also at the table. I remember when, when at some points when we were kids that um, we would sit down at the dinner table and my dad would bring out this little book and would ask questions, Simple questions, like it might have been like, if you could meet one person in life, who would you want to meet and why? And we'd go around the table and share them, and we, kind of, we got away from it like everybody else in life. But some of those moments I was thinking about were some of the greatest, some of the, the coolest moments of just interacting with people and things. I started to think about something. If we actually share the goodness of God at our table, how many of us, how many of our children know our story of salvation with Christ? How many of us really know our story? We may know what we did in high school. We may know what colleges we went to. We may not know those other things. How many of us, how many of our children around the table or how many of those that we love or, or are close to us are children or people that we love and we've raised or, or people that are just, just um, in our care or people that maybe we are put in life with? How many of us have sat around the table so they know our story intimately? Maybe the reason why some people want nothing to do with Jesus is because they don't know your story. And you haven't taken the time to sit around the table with them and say, let me hear your story. Let me, let me hear your story, and you can share with me. Um, your, I'll share with you mine. Our stories are powerful. They're incredible stories because they're all stories of God's provision and his saving grace. Like, for instance, you may be sitting at a table 
And you may be sharing with your family. And you may ask a question. Hey, are there many opportunities to get to God or is there just one name under heaven? Is it all about Jesus? And that's going to, I tell you, if you have young children around or, you know, somewhere in there, you're going to get some honest answers. Anybody had children give you pretty honest answers? Okay. Doesn't matter where your aunt, uncle, brother, sister, mother, father, you're going to get some honest answers. Sometimes you're just a neighbor kid and they're going to give you an honest answer. You're going to say, man, your grass needs cut or something like that. They'll tell you. All right. So why not spend some time and invest in someone's life? You see, ask them, ask about it today. Ask them about uh, about this. Ask them if they know your salvation story. When you, today, say, hey, do you, when you make that meal, say, do you know my salvation story? One of the things that we always do, and it, it's like a, a mixture of, of uh, good, and it's also, we also end up laughing because that's what our family does. On Thanksgiving, we often make everybody from the youngest to the oldest share what they're thankful for. And sometimes it is a very long process. Sometimes it is like pulling teeth would you just be quiet and go ahead and say, you want to say, stop being so thankful and move on. Okay, that's what you want to say at times. And you're like, you start to go this way, and it starts to journey here. And uh, Judah at times will thank God for the paint on the wall or whatever else. I mean, we go all over the place, and then we end up laughing, and then we end up having a good time. But some of those moments are some of the best moments of the whole year where we take time to share that. So why do we relegate it to one or two special times a year when we really should embrace that per week? You say, Jack, well, you don't know my schedule. Yeah, I do. You may say, my kids are all over the place. Well, yeah, I know, okay? Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, there, the thing is, sometimes we just need to stop and just say, this is important. This is important. Sometimes, I'll even, I'll even give you this one. If your kid's away somewhere, you got somebody away, FaceTime them, sit them at the table. Put a plate right for them, put their phone right there, and look at them and say, hey, you're in this, buddy. We're going to make sure you're going to have this one. Why can't we? Why can't we do that and force them to stay there um, for the whole time? for the whole time that we have. Um, these are spontaneous. We need to be ready for spontaneous um, moments and special moments. Because being together and around each other brings us together for these teaching moments. You see, I, I've, I remember, um, I've gone out, some of you may know and some of you may, may not know, I have um, a couple friends who have been mentors in Christian faith over the years, um, Reverend John Hobbs and Reverend Kenny Davis. And if anybody's had either the joy or torture of going out to eat with them, it is an experience and a half. Um, you will sit down to eat with them, and they, are, they will know everybody. And they've got southern accents, and so uh, a waitress will come over and they'll be like, hey, dar- honey, honey, please, uh, could you help me about this right here? And they'll sit there and they'll talk and say, um, they'll be in the midst of this asking about food, and then they'll go, let me ask you a question. She's thinking they're going to ask her, do you know Jesus? And I'm like, I was just ordering a burger. I didn't know I was in for this. And they keep going, well, you know, he is, he is beautiful and he loves you. I just want you to know that. I want you to know that you are special to him. And if you're the only person here, I love you. you know, and I'm, I know one time they, they've told a story about they were around at a meal. And there was a, a lady who was there and he was nearby a table. And this lady had a, a tattoo on the back, it was a rose tattoo. And as he tended to eavesdrop, like we tend to do at meals, um, he found out that, let's say she was a professional, a professional prostitute, and was with this man, and they were eating breakfast. And this, he said he just, he, he could hear her, her like loss in this. And he stood up, and he was walking by, and he put his finger, I don't challenge you to do this, but he put his finger on her tattoo on her back, and she went, and he said, that rose is beautiful. 
And she said, that's awesome. He said, let me tell you about one that's better than that, the Rose of Sharon. His name is Jesus. He said, at that, the guy got up and took off running outside the door. And he ended up sharing Jesus Christ with this lady who accepted Christ right there at the table. One person is in the kingdom of God, and all heaven rejoiced, all because somebody at a meal was sitting close enough to care. So at your meals, I want you to be intentional, and I want you to be creative. Be creative. you got to be creative in this day. Uh, the Jewish people are creative. Let me take you way back. When, when the Jewish people at the age of three began to learn the Torah, back then they would go ahead and, the, and to learn the uh, Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, all those kind of things, they would go ahead and they'd take honey and they would put it on a rock, a very smooth, clean rock, and they would put honey on there. And they did that for a reason. So that when the kids were learning about God and about how special he is to them, that they, the kids would then go ahead and they were able to lick the honey from the rock. Now, this is before they had wrappers and all the other diseases we have now, but they went ahead and licked that. And this is what they would tell them about this. This is awesome. Look, look at this verse from Scripture. Here we go. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You don't think that every time a little Jewish boy or girl who, have, who had that experience reads that verse of Scripture, they don't think back to that time where they, they were taking that honey off the rock. You see, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is the appetizer, right? This is the first part of the appetizer. So as our worship team comes up today, and I sit down, and we go to prayer, we're going to talk about feasts next week. And you're going to be full and you're going to be miserable from your turkey and stuffing. But I want you to challenge that. So what is your homework this week? What are you going to do? Hashtag, around, what is it? Around the table. Pray what? Every meal. And what's the other one? Three meals throughout this series. Three meals. You're going to have to, some of you are going to have to group people together and say, okay, let's schedule it. That's okay. And see if it doesn't change the dynamic. All right? Everybody stand up. Here we go. Because I know you're all hungry now. Y'all want to get something to eat after this, don't you? Do you, you go out to eat? Think about that server. Think about where she is or he is. Think about that, that child or the people that you see just sitting there. Maybe sometimes somebody eating alone and you don't know their story. Think about the people that are coming to your house or you're going to their house this week or you're going so, somewhere and just think about them and they may have the same name and same genealogy, but you really don't know them, don't know their story. Some of them, they, you, may have a, you, you may not have taken time to listen to, you, to your child in a while, and you need to do so. Maybe you just need to be like the Amish and, and bless them and, and support them and praise them, all right, and give them a joy. There is a power in the meal. There's a power in the meal and our busyness of life. We live in a fast food generation. We live in a hectic pace time. And there's nothing more that, I, that statistics show and nothing more that I think we can do to combat that than just to stop and sit at the table with friends and family and those that we love and those that we care about. It's not about being related. It's about, it's about that we're connected and we're all humans who, who Christ loves. Sit down. You get to eat, right? You get to eat. There we go. You get to eat. Food's good. Food's good. So I'll let you trade two breakfasts for a dinner. 
all right? But whatever, or you might be one of those people that decides, we're having breakfast at dinner tonight. Remember those days? You're like, yes, bacon's cooking. All right, so um, it's, it's, it's in your hands. I can't, I'm not going to end this with like a big, like an emotional, woo, here you go. What I'm going to tell you is that you have a father who has a table. And, and as I know, if you don't want to sit with the people that you love and table, you're going to hate heaven. Because he, heaven's about sitting around a banquet table where there's a smorgasbord and there's food. And hallelujah, there's no calories. And I get a new body. No love handles on this sucker. Hallelujah. But I get to eat. And guess what? I get to sit at the table with my daddy and my savior and all the people that I love. And I get to, and I know my grandmother's going to make stuffing up there. I know I'm going to have eclairs. And I know it's going to be awesome. But most of all, I'm going to get to be with everybody that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we get to say, hey, I've got my invitation for the wedding feast of the Lamb. You know why? Because Jesus bought and paid for me. He died on the cross and gave his life up for me. Also that I could get an invitation to his party. Isn't that cool? So here we are. It's your time. Let's just worship God. And if you need time to pray, we got people up here to pray with you. Take advantage of them praying with you. Tell, go up there. Tell them, say, there ain't no way I'm going to get my family together for three days this week. And they'll pray with you and say, God, make it happen. Right? Make it happen. All right, take it away. God always do a different song. I don't know. <laughs> Sounded like it. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I mean, the table's set, right? The table's set for all, for all of us to just worship God. You know, whatever it is we're, he wants to do right now, I don't know. Bless, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy. 
show you a couple things. Next week, you can see this here, okay? We're going to have Let's Feast, very fitting, okay, for this week. Um, but also, one thing I did forget to m- mention, because I really want you to ha- use the hashtag. And during the week, each week, I'm going to look at a random hashtag who does it, and you will win a, a gift card to go eat somewhere, <laughs> all right? So, so, that, so now you're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah. So, all right, so I want you to go ahead. Um, church online, too, we can do that. So go ahead. Get on it. Um, so I'll, I'll probably do it live on Facebook Live. Um, so I can go ahead and kick on there and say, here we go. And you guys can go ahead and see, a, see us pull it, um, or else we'll make sure it's there so you know the person who's going to get it. Sound like a plan? All right. Next time I see you, you're all going to be a lot heavier because um, you're going to have a lot more uh, food in you. But have a great week. And next week, let's feast. Have a good week. <laughs> Oh